0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Branson-Bello. The legal side of redemption is what God has accomplished in Christ Jesus, but the vital side of redemption is what he's doing in you. Okay, so we can't say we know the gospel and be the same. Have you heard this phrase before, that people don't change? Have you heard that before? If Some of you might believe that people don't just change. It is actually a fact that people don't just change. But God changes people. God changes people. So I don't believe that people don't change. I believe that if you behold Christ, you will become what you see. Regardless of the temperament that you are, regardless of the kind of person that you are. If you keep looking at Christ, your life will change. I used to be an angry person before. Growing up, I was very quick to anger. I was had a quick temper. And my father noted it. He spotted that out, told my mom, said, this boy is angry and I I remember my mom praying to pray that out of me but apart from that there was a yielding in my spirit that I had to do to allow the Holy Spirit do his work in me and all that seemed to disappear so anger right now is not an issue anymore Praise the Lord. Amen. But I'm, I, might be, I might be saying somebody's experience here. You might be sitting down here and they say you have anger issues. Or they say you have um, some character issue. Or whatever it is. And you have accepted it to say it is me. That's me. That's not you that's not you who are you everything that christ is is who you are so there is to becoming like christ get this analogy and then you would never miss it to becoming like christ all you need is subtraction did you get my point to becoming like Christ, all you need is what? Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not waek. So say with me. To become like Christ. No, say with me. To become like Christ. Not everybody is talking. And you know I can see you now. <laughs> say it, everybody. To become like Christ, all I need is subtraction. So what are you subtracting? from what what is being subtracted from what you are being subtracted from Adam let me say that again you are being Adam is being. you know there are two Adams so Adam is being subtracted from Christ that what that's what makes you become more like Christ so there is a lot of you in Christ That's why you are not like Christ. But the moment you can allow subtraction happen and you let you die, you let you go, then you become more like Christ. Justification, you are already like Christ. Sanctification, you are becoming like Christ in the experience. Then glorification, on the day of his second coming, or if someone dies, the glorification where our mortal bodies will be exchanged for immortality that's glorification then we put on a new body glorification justification we have been saved sanctification we are being saved glorification we will be saved spirit soul and then body your spirit is already saved Legal side of redemption. Sanctification, you are being saved every day. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there is a transformative process going on. Sanctification. And that happens in your mind. You need to renew your, your old password to the new consciousness of the new password. Then glorification, you will be saved. So, I don't believe that people, I don't believe that you can change, regardless of your experience. And I'm looking right into your eyes, and I'm telling you, you know why I'm saying so boldly? Because the word of God says so. So, this message is not about what you would get right now, but it's about who you are and the greatest gift a person can have is not what he gets or what he has but who he is are you still here do you want to have do you want to have so much money in life and you're you're not a good person to experience do you want to have all the beautiful things of life and you're not a good person to experience It is better. You know, the Bible says a good name is better than riches. Sometimes it's a lot better and easier to be with people who just exude the fruits of the Spirit, the glory of Christ, than with people who have everything that you're looking for and you can't stand them. So God is interested not just in what you have. Lord, give me, I receive. That's good. But who you are. Now, everyone who is sitting down here has different backgrounds because we were all born differently, different places. We have different parents. We can't choose our parents, yeah? And because of that, certain experiences have followed you and have shaped you to who you are. That's a confirmation. Confirmation. But you must keep looking at Christ so that that doesn't define your identity. The fact that you, you were born into a home that didn't have enough to provide for your family, you have to renew your mind that in your own house there is abundance. You know, abundance is a mindset first before you actually have it. So th- there are many renewals that needs to be done For things to actually work in your life. Character flaws can be changed. Addictions can be changed. How? By looking at Christ. How many of us really want to change? How many of us want to transform our lives? I can't see you guys. Am I talking to real people here? What did I say is the key? Subtraction. Let you go. And let Christ be. Let you go. And let Christ be, okay? Um, So, don't just know the gospel, but let people experience the gospel in you. I've seen many pastors who preach the gospel, but they are not gracious. In the preaching of the gospel and in the life, they are not gracious people. The Bible says, let your words be seasoned with salt. The Bible talks about the Proverbs 31 woman. It says, In her tongue is the law of kindness. And out of her mouth will proceed wisdom. The gospel will teach you how to talk. The gospel will teach you how to conduct yourself. The gospel will teach you how to... See, I wrote something down. Let me read it to all of you. I said, We need the right estimate of our own indebtedness to God in order to see how little people owe us. Do you understand what I just said to you? Let me say that again. We need the right estimate of our indebtedness. That's how much you owe God. You need to know it. right, In order to see how little people owe you. Do you know how much of God you owe? Have you thought about it? So when I was saying all those things, justification, and I said that your sins have been forgiven, what sins were forgiven? That's a sin that you couldn't pay for. That is, if you lived a thousand years, and God says you won't die, you live a thousand years, be paying for your sins, you can't finish. That is, with all your right living, all your moral living, you can't finish paying for your sins. Living a thousand years, and somebody just came, died while you are yet in your sin. Oh, you he know? just came, died. You don't even know him. They were even you are, if, if at that time, you were angry with God, it's like a beef against God, not knowing what God has done for you. Then somebody managed to preach the gospel to you, and then you now received Christ. You know, the thing has changed now. You were the one who was angry with God. But the message of the gospel came to you and said, God is not angry with you. Who's supposed to be angry? Have you heard people say that before? I'm angry with God? So if you are dead, sorry, not you. But if that person is dead, who would that person be angry with? Angry with the giver of life. (laughs) What you owe God exceeds how much you can pay. Luke chapter 18 verse 13. Let me show you. Luke chapter 18 verse 13. Do you know this guy in the scripture? And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He's a tax collector. Um, The Living Bible actually puts it this way. A corrupt tax collector. This guy was corrupt. Verse 14. Then Jesus now says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. What word do you see there after house? Hmm? Are you guys sleeping? What word is there after house? Justified. Justified. Somebody was saying, God, give me mercy. But Jesus is saying, this man was justified. Can you relate with what I said to you earlier? He didn't just give the man mercy, but he gave him justification. He gave him acquittal. Rather than the other one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Exalted. If you say you know the gospel, humble yourself. Because the gospel will make you humble. Glory to God. You can't say you know the gospel and you're proud. That's not a gospel. So, God expects the recipient of his righteousness to be gracious. If you have received the righteousness of God, you ought to be what? Gracious. So, say this with me I have received the righteousness of God. And therefore, therefore, I must be, I must be gracious. gracious. So, God is not just looking for righteousness that you have in His Son, but He's also looking for graciousness. Graciousness. Okay? It is ugly for the forgiving person to be unforgiving. It is so ugly. It is so, oh Jesus, it is so ugly. It is so ugly for you who have received forgiveness not to forgive. It is terrible. It's an ugly picture that you are unforgiving when you have been forgiven. Do, have you realized your indebtedness in the first place? Do you realize how much you owed God? And then somebody is owing you, you want to use sledgehammer to finish the person. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Very quickly says moreover and let let me make this a standard for all of you so i want you to look at this scripture and make this your life standard and pattern right this is this is jesus teaching now says moreover if your brother sins against you i take that again because i want you to catch something that i'm about to say moreover if you sin against your brother Let's read this together, want to go. Moreover, if your brother. Sins. So is it if you sin against your brother or your brother sins against you? Okay, in, in logical sense, who should go? Because the next word you have there is go." So who should go? Is it not the person who sinned against the offender is the one who should go? But the Bible says, if you are offended, you go. Say amen. amen. Is it Pastor Phil who said it. If you're offended, what do you do? Go and talk to the person. Go and talk to have a conversation with the person. Hey bro, sister, you offended me. And you did this, this, this. I was unhappy. You know, if someone is coming to you with the intention for resolution... Or to further the quarrel, the conversations are different. So if if somebody offends you and your intention is to is to lengthen the stakes of the quarrel, the way you will go, <laughs> even the person who sees you as you are coming <laughs> knows that there is wahala coming. So I I submit to you that before you go, you should actually have forgiven. That the purpose of your going is not to say that whatever the conversation will be, will, whatever the result will be, will determine whether I forgive or not. No, that's not your conversation. Your conversation is that you have forgiven, so therefore go. So moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If there's some people now, the whole world will hear, apart from the person... The person has not even heard. But everybody has heard. Have, did you see what this person did to me? You now begin to castigate. You begin to talk all manner of things about the person. He paid me die, child. <laughs> he said, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him. Somebody say, you and him alone. Shouted it loud. So this is gospel now. Amen, amen. So while I was teaching you justification, blah blah, he was looking spooky. Welcome to a practical. Amen. If he hears you, you have what? Gained a brother. Have you been forgiven? The amen is reducing. The yes is reducing. No problem. Have you been forgiven? Yes. Okay. So if you have, if he hears you, you what? You have gained your brother. Do you want to gain your brother? Do you want to gain your sister? The answer has to be yes for you. There's no choice. Because if you realize your indebtedness, you have to go. You have to go and meet him. You have to go and meet her. You have to go and meet the person. Talk to him. Next verse. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. This is not for prayer point. (laughs) <laughs> it's not to cast out demons. By the, let us pray by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Uh, eh, I just shouted like Pastor Ideal. <laughs> eh, every word uh, look at your neighbor and say word shall be established. No, he's saying just take two people to settle quarrel. That's what that's what he's saying. It's not it's not drama. You know, some people will say, I will wait for him. Let him come and meet me. If he doesn't come and meet me, then he's not ready. After all, he's the one who was wrong. She's the one who was wrong. You lack understanding. You don't understand. And if he refuses to hear them, now it's not just you now, but them. If he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Come and meet Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil, I'm angry. Somebody offended me. I went to meet him. The person refused. I took Philippa and Pastor Victor with me. The person still said, no. What I did was right. And the person refused to make up or make peace with me. Then you come and meet me. Then as the church, watch what I'm going to do. But if he refuses to hear the church, he doesn't hear Pastor Phil. That is, Pastor Phil carries the entire pastor. That's all of us. Pastor Ideal, Pastor Victor, Pastor Chibuza, Pastor Paul, Pastor Shola. All of us, we, Pastor Yemi, we all come to your house. My dear brother. <laughs> if I have my first conversation with you, I will ask you first, what is doing you? <laughs> but I will make you realize that you are even the one who is wrong. You see? So, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. That is, let him be. You see how the Bible describes the, 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 God finds it strange that he can forgive you this much. And you can't forgive somebody. He, it's ugly. Doesn't matter what the person did to you it's not christian it's not the gospel say i know the gospel i know the gospel which gospel do you know you can't forgive next verse Assuredly, i say to you whatever you bind on earth is it connected yes so you see it's not demonic prayer point whatever not whatever 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 you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven Whatever you lose on earth we will lose in heaven is still the forgiveness matter. This is about the church now. Next verse. Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning that they ask it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. Is it prayer point? It's telling you a statement of fact. There's prayer point for this oh, don't get me wrong. But this is also a statement of fact for the person Who doesn't want to hear when the church has come to him? Next verse. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Watch how he switches back to the conversation. Then Peter came to him and said, This thing you've said, Lord. So how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Up to seven times. This is Peter. You know Peter is a very straightforward guy. Doesn't like to... See what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to... This is under the law. Up to 70 times seven. Next verse. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts. I wish you had the living Bible. You would have seen how much this guy is talking about. Wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Next verse. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. I checked my living Bible. 10,000 talents is $10 million. Yeah. My living Bible is there. It's actually $10 million. He says, this, this servant is owing master $10 million. That master is, is a master. He's <laughs> a master. Next verse. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he... You see the word commanded because he was really master. The master commanded that he be sold with his wife. That is, since you can't pay me, we will sell your wife. Sell your children. Are you getting Because that $10 million has to come. And all that he had. And that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. And I will pay you all. May you never owe anybody. Amen. Now better prayer I pray for you. So. <laughs> you don't understand. I say may you never owe anybody. Amen. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion. Released him. What? To forgive 10 million dollars? Forgive 10 million dollars? But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. Who owed him 100 denarii. Now, this hundred denarii is $1,000. Somebody forgave him, how many? $10 million. Somebody was owing this guy $1,000. And he laid hands on him. <laughs> he didn't even do like the master who said, command him to come to me. This one, he just went straight. <laughs> Balebo shate Laid hands on him, took him by the throat... Saying, Pay me what you owe. Do you know this is us? Compare redemption with with how you treat your brother, with how you treat your sister, how you treat your family members. Next verse. So this fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that he had be, what had been done, they were very grieved and came. Why were they grieved? Were they grieved because they were owing him or because of the way they treated, because of the way he treated the guy? No, they, that's not why they were grieved. They were grieved because they know how he, somebody else treated him. They were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as, as I had pity on you? See, the, 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 the mercy you have received from the Father, that's what you give to others. That's what you give to others. So it doesn't matter who hurts you, it doesn't matter who has offended you. You must forgive You know, the greatest hurts are the ones that come from people who are closest to you. Right? So, it might be your sibling, it might be your parent, it might be your husband, it might be your wife. But look, if you know you've been forgiven, you have to forgive. And that's a proof that you understand the gospel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There are three kinds of reactions. When people react... First type of reaction is temperamental. You react angrily. That's the first level of reaction. Very temperamental. It's the level of reason. So you are reacting that way. Then the second level of reaction is good conduct. At that point, you are reacting patiently. Good conduct. The third level of reaction is a level of God's life. This one transcends. That means you are giving much more than man is demanding from you. That's the third level of reaction. And the transcendent reaction is what you and I should have. If you let go of yourself and allow Christ live inside of you, you will not react the way you normally react. You'll react differently. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the faith that I have is of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So just before you react angrily and you condemn or you tag yourself, I'm an angry person, or you're on the level of feelings, emotional, you must allow the life that transcends be what reacts, not feelings. Glory to God and you would see that you'll be a different person. You will see that you have the ability to turn the other cheek when they slap you on one. I just heard somebody say, I pray you. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Sometimes when I react in a bad way, what I do is I pause And I allow the life inside of me to respond I'll be forced to go back and do contrary, directly opposite to what I just did because the life that transcends doesn't react from self it is the life of God you have to subtract you from that life it's the life of God that reacts so if you say you know the gospel you must be gracious God expects graciousness from you You must be respectful. You must be humble in your disposition. You employ you employ somebody to work for you. You must not be condescending in your approach to the person just because you are paying the person. You must be gracious with everybody who is around you. That is somebody who knows the gospel. So we're in constant reminder of the fact that we've been forgiven. Glory to God. Have you been forgiven tonight, That this morning? You know you've been forgiven? So it is your responsibility to be gracious to other people. One of my sisters here in church, she told me, Say, Pastor Phil, as I kept listening to your message, everything about me changed. I used to be in a certain way before. Now I react more Christ-like. And I said, that's good, that's powerful. Because God really changes people god really changes people hallelujah so show love be kind-hearted towards people towards your brother towards your sister you don't even have to know him or her hallelujah are you blessed this morning oh glory to jesus let's just open our mouth and begin to thank god for this. this concludes this message